Ghosts, specters, whatever you want to call them, they've been around for thousands of years. Apparently she died from a tooth infection in one of the upstairs rooms in the house. As in the locations they haunt. History of a Haunting podcast tells you all about these famous, infamous, and almost famous locations. And why they became terrifying places to visit. Grab a glass of wine and settle in with your hosts, Archie. I mean, that was definitely the wrong thing to do. And Carrie. Nobody asked for it, Carrie. Nobody fucking asked for it. But hey, my podcast, and I'll say what I fucking want. (laughs) Two people just winging it in life and this podcast. So enjoy this week's episode of History of a Haunting. Welcome to History of a Haunting. I'm Carrie. And I'm Laura. And we don't have a guest host today. Nope, just us. It's just us. It's just us. Um, just us. I mean, we're the coolest anyway. It's fine. Seriously, who else do you need? Right, really? Um, <laughs> we have checked on Archie. We did locate him. He is doing just fine and he does have plenty of water. Um, yes, he's good. Yeah, he's good. He's good. Um, you guys have been seeing him in the social media posts. He's been scoring Laura's history. Um, we're hoping she can make a comeback with uh, <laughs> last week's episode. <laughs> we're doubling up on episodes. So actually, this episode that we're recording today is being released on the 17th of July. And today is July 1st. So as we record this, we don't yet know what he scored her on Hillview Manor. But um, I, I have all the faith that that you're gonna you'll get a perfect ten before he comes back. Um, I think only if we get him drunk before. I don't. I don't know. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to woo him. I think a little bit. You might have to. Wine. You might have to. Yeah, take him out for some dim sum. You know, something. Right. Some bribes. Yeah. I got. I got to work on this. You do. You do. Sure. Um, yeah, so that's all the EVPs that I had. Um, last week we did Hillview Manor with Jennifer. She had mentioned in the episode, I guess I did have an EVP that just came to mind as I talked because that's how my brain works. Um, <laughs> she had mentioned uh, talking to her cousin about if he had ever been to Hillview Manor because he lives up in, in that area. And he said that he hadn't, but that his um, ex-girlfriend's mom either worked there or had a relative that was in Hillview Manor. And she mm-hmm. said she hated going there it, on, on top of the fact that it was one of those just kind of like quintessential shitty nursing homes. It just mm-hmm. had like a really creepy vibe and she hated it. She really, really hated it. Um, but he hadn't ever had the opportunity to go and like poke around after it had closed. So that's all, wow. the, four, that's all the 411 I could get from the 412. So <laughs> <laughs> so anyway uh how about you you got any evps life stuff goings on um uh, mostly just left off busy this week um on my vacation as you stated next week so just getting ready for that and uh zane's off visiting relatives while i'm gonna be traveling so um as i was telling carrie earlier uh he couldn't he's been having trouble going to sleep there's a time difference in texas so two hours so he's you know not going to bed till late um so I talked to him last night and he wanted a bedtime story and I had just finished <laughs> my research for this. 
So I gave him a very, very kid-friendly version of the history of Brushy Mountain Penitentiary, which is where we're going today. And uh, <laughs> he, <laughs> he fell right to sleep, so it must work. Did he seriously? <laughs> oh, I mean, I started talking and, you know, a few minutes later he was out. But yeah. Oh, so, my God. Wow. And, okay. And, and as we discuss this, you'll see that I really had to modify that to make it a. <laughs> oh, a thousand percent. <laughs> right, anywhere near something that you would tell a child. What <laughs> appropriate for a fucking eight year old? <laughs> right. Follow her for more parenting hacks, guys. Right, exactly. <laughs> tell your kids uh, ghost stories right before you send them to bed. Right off to sleep, they go. Right. Good God, did you use your um? Was that little? What's the name with quiet voice? The A. The ASMR. <laughs> ASMR voice. No, but I don't know why I can't remember that. I don't know. I want to say ACDC voice, but that definitely would not have. <laughs> put That's not going to help anybody sleep. go to sleep. No, no. Um, wow. Okay. That would be so, fun. Right. <laughs> That'd be really fun for an episode. I mean, probably not for the <laughs> listeners, but probably not for your voice. Vocal probably not for, yeah, that probably not for it. me in editing either. <laughs> oh god that's right this she screams this entire time i forgot um okay well yay so we record this one today's july 1st mm-hmm. this comes out july 17th and then you go to belize and then you're here and the next episode we record is going to be together in person we've never done that yay i know i'm so excited I can't there's a whole different setup to like um recording in person like we've got the mixer and we've got yeah there's a whole there's a whole different setup and hopefully I know where that box is from when I moved it here from Phoenix <laughs> I mean it's okay I got two weeks to find it it's like, it's Emma, you have time you have time I've got time yeah so anyway all right well let's jump into the history of this insane penitentiary in Tennessee, which is my new neighbor to the West, which I am very excited about. This is a good one. This is a really good one, guys. Yeah, there's, I was so shocked when I started researching (laughs) this place, just how much stuff. Um, I know that there's so much more we could cover. We had, I mean, I can't cover everything. So, I mean, if you are interested at all in this place after you hear this episode, go research. There's so much more out there. It is a crazy, crazy place. So, like I said, we are going to Brushy Mountain Penitentiary. Um, my sources for this were Wikipedia, the MorganCountyChamber.com, the Tennessean.com, WBIR.com, and a Washington Post article by Mary Thornton. When when was that article dated? Because I did a Washington Post article, but it was an older, older article. This is like 82. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Well, you read yours, and then and then I'll just read mine, and I'll just delete if we're <laughs> doubling up on it. <laughs> wow, this is well. I think when before. we talked about it, I told you that. But mm-hmm. um, all right. So as we said, Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary um, is in Tennessee. Um, it's in the town of Petros in Morgan County, Tennessee, which is about forty miles northwest of Knoxville. Um, it was established in 1896 and operated until 2009, which That's is pretty really long time. recent. That's really recent. Yeah, to think that it only closed what 12 years ago. Yeah, because a lot of the places we cover 
are so much older that like most mm. people that were either there or worked there or what have you are long dead themselves. So I thought it was really cool that we were able or that I was able to get information from like inmates that had stayed there and guards and all kinds of stuff. Right. It's kind of rare that, um, that we can, we can get that kind of information. So. Yes, absolutely. Um, to tell you what kind of place this was, it was also known as Tennessee's Alcatraz. Yes. Which immediately I was like, Oh, do, do, do tell me more. That sounds amazing. I have to hear all about this. <laughs> this place is going to be fun. Cause I'm twisted um, and fucked up. <laughs> right. Exactly. So the prison that stands there today uh, does resemble a castle. Um, the buildings that comprise the complex um, were said to be purposely built in a cross shape uh, to increase the hopes of redemption for the inmates. Right. Kind of strange. That is kind of um, strange too, because it's an inverted cross. It is an inverted cross. Which and I was like, that doesn't really signify redemption, but all right. <laughs> well, and they kind of said in a way, like, give them to Jesus. Um, like, give them over to Jesus in a way. Okay. Okay. Mm. All right. No. Yeah. Again, could be good. Could be bad. Um, I think it didn't end up well. <laughs> finish your story and we'll decide if it was good or bad right exactly so work? um right so the prison only has three walls um because the fourth side of it runs alongside a cliff so during its time of operation it was called the end of the line and Casual. was compared to a russian gulag what is that it's a russian um prison camp that Soup? they used to have in siberia oh, oh. Oh, you goulash <laughs> is what I'm thinking of. Right. Yeah. You're, no, no. It's not borscht. It's definitely <laughs> not borscht. It's so what is it? It's like a prison camp or mm-hmm. it's like a prison camp that they used to have. They're really well known to be the like ones in Siberia where they would send people over and then just work, work them to death, basically. Oh, neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're off to a good start. Um, <laughs> it's a little worse than Alcatraz, <laughs> if you ask me. <laughs> Maybe. Hmm. Um, so for this uh, prison, there's only one road in and out. And the prison itself is surrounded by rugged wooded terrain um, in a very remote section of the Cumberland Plateau. And it's adjacent to Frozen Head State Park. So there's really not a lot around. It's no, pretty- and if you... Even just looking at this picture behind me, Mm -hmm. look at that. There's, it's mountainous. There's tons of trees uh, Mm -hmm. with probably within the Smoky Mountains. I'm assuming, I'm not too, too familiar with this geographical Uh, area quite yet, but. Yeah. I couldn't tell you if it was the Smoky or maybe another one, but yeah. I I mean, it is. The fact that it's the third wall is a fucking drop off (laughs) into nothing is insane. It's insane. Right? It's Exactly. So, like I said, it did open in 1896. Um, It was opened in the aftermath of the Coal Creek War, um, which which happened in 1891. There was a lockout um, of coal miners that took place in Coal Creek and Briceville, Tennessee, after the miners protested the use of unpaid convict leasing in the mines. So, after the Civil War, Tennessee and the other states the southern states were broke so they let their combat convicts be for rent okay so they would allow 
you know, companies to basically rent their free labor that they had and the state would make money off it. Oh, okay. So the regular miners were pissed, right? Sure. Because of course it didn't sure. help their cause. Right. Um, so the coal miners, you know, locked them out and there was a big fight. And eventually the Tennessee state legislature abolished the convict labor system where they rented out to corporations. That's interesting. I wonder if like other states had tried to do this. Cause I know that a lot of penitentiaries in the country were built. And I know you're not talking about like the penitentiary, but I know that mm-hmm. a lot of like prison labor has always been used. But I'm, I'm yeah, just wondering. infrastructure, mm-hmm. farming, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. Yeah, they used that labor for tons of stuff for the states to save them money. Absolutely. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, not for the miners, but, but go on. Right. Of course not. <laughs> um, but without the compact leasing, the state government was going to lose a ton of money, right? So. And then they had, would have still have to pay for like housing the inmates, so they don't get money, and now they're putting out money. They're like, "Fuck this!" Yeah, losing money <laughs> left, right, and so, yeah, exactly. So the state decided that they were going to mimic private companies and mine the coal by themselves. Oh God! Okay, right. So they got some geology experts, and they looked at different places, and they found this lovely piece of land here um, outside the small town of Pedros. And decided that there was no better coal property in the state of Tennessee. Wow. Right. So the state decided to cut out the middleman, right? Be super efficient. Um, and coal at the time was a valuable resource. I mean, you're talking the Industrial Revolution. There's steam-powered engines. Mm-hmm. Um, they use coal for steel. And there's a huge demand for steel. So all this stuff is going on at the same time. And so, what were the years? What was this time frame? Like 1896. Oh, okay. Okay. 90s. Yeah. All right. So the inmates um, laid the railroad tracks to the brand new Brushy Mountain State Prison. They constructed a four-story wooden prison barracks and started digging for coal in 1896. Wow. Okay. Right. So none of the inmates at Brushy Mountain were on death row, yet doing time at Brushy was considered a death sentence. Um, I do know, I think all of them had. They were serving life, but I think they had expected it to go on for a bit longer. <laughs> Unfortunately. More on that in my part, in my gross, right, exactly. disgusting part. <laughs> <laughs> so um, quoting one of the rangers um, at the nearby state park, um, at the frozen head mine, the coal here was very high in methane. That meant it's very explosive. Yeah. You hit one of those explosive pockets and boom, the whole thing will go up. And geologically, I would not want to be digging or tunneling in this area. In addition to the explosive component of coal, the area has a mix of sandstone and shale. Shale is brittle and wafer thin. Sandstone yeah. is very sturdy. Yeah. So you had a mix of strong rocks, explosive coal, and shale that easily crumbled. So it's a disaster, recipe for disaster for cave-ins and explosions. Yeah. I mean, and quite honestly, they were prisoners. And so, you know, that they're like, well, you know what, if they die, they die. Uh, you know, they, you know, they weren't valuing their lives like they would have. Oh, not at all. Coal miners. Actual exactly. coal miners. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, and again, it was a difficult job in a bad location um, performed by imprisoned men who had no prior mining experience. 
<laughs> they didn't know what they were doing. Sure. So dozens of inmates died in mining accidents. Um, nonetheless, the state kept going. Um, the inmates were forced to work all day. Um, if they stopped, uh, they were motivated by a seven-foot leather strap. Oh. Um, yeah. Oh. So after a day of abuse underground, the convicts spent the night in an overcrowded, disease-infested wooden, bu- wooden building that was heated by fire. A wooden building. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> Don't get ahead of me. I'm going to get there. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Wait for So if the gold mine and disease didn't kill you, another inmate might. Murder was common, was a common cause of death at the Bridge Mountain State Penitentiary. Um, but luckily, improvements were on the way in the form of a fireproof building constructed of sandstone. Um, why did they construct a new building that was fireproof? Oh. Because the other one burned down. <laughs> I don't think any of us saw that coming. Um, I so, am but in the shocked mid- by this development. <laughs> right? <laughs> How could this happen? What is going on <laughs> in Tennessee? <laughs> so by the mid-1930s, um, that's when they built the new, the new prison that we see before us. So the one that you know looks like a fortress. Um, it was... A great improvement, obviously, it was standing, um, but also it had improvements in safety, sanitation, and again, salvation. <laughs> so, yes. Mm-hmm. So the stone prison was designed to house 450 to 600 inmates, but at times it held almost 1,200. So the exterior- we've heard worse. We've heard worse no, capacity. Yeah. yeah, we've heard worse. So the prisoners also um, quarried the the stone on the property and built 18 foot walls. Um, and some of the walls are three feet thick. So a lot of fun. It sounds like. Yeah. Um, they knew they weren't so, getting like tunneling out of that. Exactly. Yeah. So the state kept on with the prison mines until about the 1960s. Um, that's when another mine collapse killed a couple of inmates from East Tennessee who were convicted of relatively small crimes, um, far deserving, far from deserving, you know, a death sentence. Right. So, and besides the accidents, the mines were becoming like less and less profitable for the state. So they stopped the mining in 1966. Whoa, shit, really? It went on that long. Wow, okay. Oh yeah, 70 years, yeah. Wow, okay. They didn't didn't give up easy. They were going to keep going. We're gonna wait just until we just it's coming can't back. Deny this. Cole's any coming longer. back. <laughs> <laughs> and so, besides all the fun of the mining, um, which is, you'll find that surprising, escapes were a regular occurrence. <laughs> Seems like I don't know why they didn't want to stay. Tell me um, the success stories, right? But also, it was. Uh, a regular occurrence because the inmates were getting shuffled around, right? Because they went, you know, to the prison and then they went to the, there's also a prison farm, um, the coal mines and back and forth the court. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So a search of newspaper archives from 1922 to 2009 reveals hundreds of reports of escapes and quote killers on the loose from the prison. Um, they escaped on, right? Not fun. They escaped on foot, 
they stole cars. One report from August 1931 says a Knoxville man was on the lam from Brushy after stealing a mule. <laughs> I hate this. Wow. Okay. All right. right? <laughs> what good. a this jackass. <laughs> right. It was coming. <laughs> yeah. He couldn't resist. Exactly. So in 1938, the prisoners in the mines um, also blasted their way to freedom by tunneling to the other side of the mountain. Um, a total of 38 convicts were suddenly on the loose, and many were armed with dynamite from the mines. Oh, fuck. Um, right? <laughs> Not a good combination. Uh, most were quickly recaptured in, within a few days, and sometimes by average citizen. Uh, one article tells the story of Uncle Ike, a man in his 60s who was at home sick with pneumonia when he encountered four inmates and held them at gunpoint until the authorities arrived. So, I mean, just the local farmers and stuff were just catching inmates left and right, it seems like. Oh, my God. <clears throat> right. Okay. Crazy. That is insanely crazy, yeah. Right. So, my favorite story that I found of an escape is for the inmate James Slingle. Um, he was in for kidnapping and murder. Um, he decided to practice yoga. Um, and then he packed himself in a box. Oh, fuck. 153 pounds of roast beef and got it sent out on the prison <laughs> in a flatbed truck. <laughs> wait a minute i have a question like how is the prison like exporting roast beef out of and into the well i know they didn't have a farm i don't know yeah i know but it's so i don't know it just cracks me up and i love that That it's 153 pounds it's very specific specific specific. um that's kind of brilliant though right and he was doing yoga like he was preparing he's like i'm gonna fit in the box i'm gonna be 153 pounds this is happening um i can fit my legs behind my head now it's going to be just fine (laughs) right like when did he know he was like master ready right oh my god so anyway he was actually captured shortly after his escape oh thank god yeah i was kind of when he was delivered put a lot into it when he was delivered to a grocery store or what happened there how did that how did there was just a a small man yogi in there This isn't what I ordered. Oh my god! I actually think this dude haunts the prison. Oh really? I think he does. Oh my god! I would love it. I would be so happy. (laughs) At least there's a guy. This story just—it sends so like, doesn't it? Just send so many images into your mind about so many. I can't even begin to tell you Um, how much work he had to do to get that done. I just love it. Like, how long did he have to practice that? Honestly, I don't know, but. Yeah, a while. I mean, if he had never done yoga, but good for him. Learning a skill. Right. Wow. <laughs> my God. Wisely. You're right. That's a good one. That's my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, many of the escapes were not harmless. Um, fugitives from Russian Mountain committed violent crimes against innocent people. Mm. Um, throughout the 20th century, prison guards and officers um, were killed trying to recapture escapees. And in some cases, the prisoners obtain their brief freedom by killing the guards. Yeah. Um, one example of the regular kind of violence that was in this prison um, is the story. Um, inmates in the Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary, so you can hear this. This is, sorry, quote um, from the article. Um, they said that they could hear the sound of the sawing at night 
as members of rival gangs using everything from guitar strings to carbide jeweler's chains try to cut their way out of their cells. Earlier this month, the inmates say they knew trouble was coming. The noise had gone on night after night. Black inmates on the lower level of the cage-like segregation block already had sent a warning through the prison grapevine that the noise was coming from the cells of white prisoners just above them. The word was that they planned to break out and kill blacks up on the third tier. On the night of February 8, 1982, it happened. Seven white prisoners sought out sawed out of their cells and armed with a 25 caliber pistol, a switchblade, and six homemade knives called prison stickers, they took four guards hostage. How did, the guards they, how did they get a pistol? So one of the guards was actually convicted later, although he denied it of assisting them. Oh my God. I think you're telling this and I'm watching you like you're fucking CNN. I'm like, Yeah, it's a crazy story. It's crazy, Um, yeah. (laughs) mm -hmm. So using the guards' keys, they raced up to the third level and went on a 45-minute rampage as black inmates were cowering in their cells, hiding behind their mattresses. They went from cell to cell, peering in, shooting the ones they were looking for, leaving others behind, and then jamming the locks to make it harder to get to the wounded. When it was over at least... Right, it's pretty fucked up. Um, when it was over, at least 13 shots had been fired. Two of the black inmates were dead. Two were wounded. The white prisoners then surrendered, surrendered peacefully and released the guards unharmed. Just to kill these black prisoners that they had a beef with. Yes. So it was said that they had a hit list. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, probably not the same thing I have on my iPhone. No, probably not. Music section. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Right. Now, the, this one didn't end as badly as it could have for the guards, um, but you can get the idea what's happening in that prison with all these violent prisoners mm-hmm. and the overcrowding. Like, mm-hmm. it sounds like it was fucking mayhem. Like, how are they sawing through their fucking bars and there's no like nobody notices well and or they obviously did- like the other prisoners had heard it like is what what were the right. fucking guards doing exactly well and now we know like well caveat to the story the one guard was convicted of helping them but were the guards turning you know a blind eye you know were you know who know i mean we don't really know i mean at, at some point severe incompetence to say the least Mm-hmm. So, if not negligible homicide. For sure. Right. So, um, until 1984, um, the, most of the prisoners were all serving life, life sentences when they came to Russia. Um, But 1984, it became a general pop inmate prison. So, you had people with lesser crimes mixed with people with more violent crimes. <clears throat> yes. And so I talk fun. about some of those prisoners. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to leave that to you. Um, I will talk about the most famous inmate that was housed there, which is James Earl Ray. Yes. You listeners don't remember, James Earl Ray is the asshole um, who killed Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Yes. So. Um, he was Brushy's 19- most famous inmate, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's he's like who they're really known for housing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Right. Plus, the story of when he's there is is kind of crazy. So, 
when he, so he comes there in March of 1970. Um, so the warden told the media that there's no reason to worry about Ray ever escaping. And he was just another prisoner. And he claimed that three people had only made it over the wall during his time as warden. And all three were quickly recaptured. So when Ray arrived at Brushy, he almost immediately began plotting an escape. <laughs> Foreshadowing be damned. This motherfucker. <laughs> right? before, his, before his days at Brushy were done, he attempted at least four escapes. Jesus. Uh, yeah. So on May 3rd of 1971, Ray removed a concrete block from his cell, climbed through an air vent, sawed through bars, and made it to a concrete tunnel that went 100 yards outside the prison. Is this the one that the Shawshank Redemption, am I getting ready to ruin this for you? No, but I'm not sure. I was going to say that. It's very, it sounds very Shawshank Redemption. I don't know if that's what it was based on, but. I feel like I read something that said it was. And I just, really? I just glossed over it because I wasn't really like, I'm like, Laura's mm-hmm. covering this. I'm just not going to read. And then the more you went on, I was like, that's literally what fucking Andy Dufresne did. Right. Exactly. So yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then went to, where did he go? Please. No, he went to Mexico. <laughs> Button. It's I can't remember. I can't remember what it's called. I can't but remember anyway, what it's called either. Yeah. The plan was foiled because the tunnel went to the steam plant with 400 degree heat that melted the steam. That was, it couldn't oh. keep going in the, in the tunnel. Good. Okay. Yeah. Right. Asshole. So in 1972, the guards caught him crawling in an area where he could not be seen and carrying a makeshift handsaw to cut a hole in the ceiling. <laughs> so he tried again. Um, in 1972, he did get out, but it was not an escape. He and the rest of the inmates were relocated to Nashville because of labor dispute and guard strike that had shut down um, the prison for actually almost four years. That's crazy. Right. I mean, it's not the craziest thing we'll talk about this place tonight, but it's still pretty crazy that a strike could shut down a prison of this magnitude for four fucking years. There's so much stuff that has happened in this place. I'm telling you, like, I'm I'm slicing it down. We could be here for, like, hours and hours and hours. This is crazy. I know. Um, This ended up being a really goldmine location of history and hauntings. Yeah. It's so interesting. It is. Um. So, okay, in June of 77, Ray and six other inmates made it over the stone wall through a gap in the electrical wire. They climbed over the wall with a 16-foot makeshift wire ladder. Um, After two and a half days on the run, uh, the local boys and the bloodhounds from from Brushy sniffed sniffed Ray out of the wilderness just a few miles from the prison. Ray was alive but exhausted by his trek through the steep terrain. Well, I mean, again, look at at it. Yeah. There's no way. I wouldn't even try. I'd be like, fuck that. I'm just going to stay here. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, even if you do get out, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. Right. And we'll put this picture on our social media, but. Exactly. It's it's crazy. Mm -hmm. So in November of 79, Raid tried to escape for a fourth time. He and another inmate placed dummies in their beds, complete with human hair from the barber shop. A la <laughs> Alcatraz, which yes. I love. Yeah, um, I mean that's what made, those three guys, four guys did yeah, in Alcatraz. Yeah, exactly, exactly yeah, what yeah, they yeah. did. Yeah, mm, I just love it. The little details always make it fun. Right. 
But Ray made it through a fan in the top of the building, sawed out of the roof, and climbed down the building. Um, the, one of the guards noticed someone sneaking along the wall. Um, so they got their shotgun, went out, fired the gun, and hollered halt. They didn't know it was him until he came down. <laughs> this motherfucker, man, he is just obnoxious, annoying, and disgusting from, like, all of day it. one. Every, every yeah, well, in birth. Right. So, well, you'll like this part of the story then. I mean, maybe. Um, in June of 81, three inmates attacked Ray in the prison library. He underwent surgery for 22 stab wounds to the face, chest, and arms. Mm. He also suffered internal injuries from being beaten. The surgeon said it took 77 sutures to close the wounds, but none of them were dangerous. Were they black prisoners? It doesn't say. say, I would imagine they were, because I do talk a little, little bit about him. Um, They, I'll, I'll talk about it my part. Never mind. Okay. Don't want to jump. Well, in 92, he left um, Brushy Mountain for good and he was relocated to Nashville um, and he died there. The cause of death was liver disease and kidney failure. Oh, I hope it was painful. Me too. Hmm. there's a picture of him when he was like in his like last years of life and he mm-hmm. was how old was he when he died uh to be honest i'm not sure but he was fairly I, old 70s yeah 70s he looked like he was damn near 105 yeah we'll as far put, as I'm concerned, he lived we, way too long but way way too long but i mean i just can only imagine that life inside this penitentiary mm-hmm really really aged him and probably all of them um, right that's hard t- this is hard time place this is you know insane yeah if they're comparing it to russian goulash it's crazy Dogs. <laughs> so, goulash i mean that shit is intense god you really got to be somebody to handle a goulash i like goulash <laughs> i don't even know what it is is it anything like rat- is it anything like ratatouille i'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> do a recipe later okay, good. <laughs> okay yes. make some goulash perfect um so yeah i mean he he does he looks like he's at least 100 years old so we'll put him his uh, original arrest photo and his the, one of the last photos of him when he was alive on our social media just so you guys can see like exactly how much this fucker aged as he should have i mean you know right. physically aged he was in there for a long time yeah. Also, um, he's a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, like, besides all this, like, he just looks like, like the kind of person he was. Well, guess what? He didn't go to heaven. He's still fucking no. there. <laughs> so the prison did close uh, June 11th, 2009. Um, so its functions were transferred to a new prison, the Morgan County Correctional Complex. Um, I'm still surprised how long it lasted. I know. It really did go on forever. Um, in 2018, Brushy Mountain was reopened to the public for tours, private events, car shows, concerts, um, and now has distillery. I mean, all kinds of stuff on site. I'm sure you'll talk about. Um, yeah. There are some fictional references um, to the prison. There's, It's mentioned a bunch in some different kind of different songs, country songs. Oh, um, really? Mm-hmm. Um, a fictional inmate. Um, named Ray McDeer. He was the brother of the protagonist, Mitch McDeer, in the novel, The Firm. Do you remember that? And then they made it into a movie with Tom Cruise. 
Yeah, no, I don't because I hate Tom Cruise. So I didn't. Um, well, John Grisham novel. There you go. Um, <laughs> and then in the novel, The Silence of the Lambs, um, Dr. Hannibal Lecter makes a deal in which he was to be transferred to the prison in exchange for information about the serial killer, Buffalo Bill. I do that remember that. enable authorities to, re- yeah, to rescue his latest victim. Yeah. Um, his information was later proven false by Clarice. And he escapes before he arrives at the prison. So the book, I mean, as always, the book is always better than the movie. Always better. Always, always. But um, I do remember that. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I mean, I remember that scene in the book. I didn't mm-hmm. know it was, I didn't know it was this prison. Yeah, but it's funny that it's referenced in there too. That tells you what kind of fun place it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah. Right. It's a spot. Why aren't you going yeah, there much. this for your vacation? <laughs> Whatever. I'm sure you're going to try to make it a vacation for me soon enough. I don't need to plan it. You'll plan it and then invite me along. <laughs> I believe I'll it. I'll plan it. It'll be a wonderful little getaway. And look at the look at the scenery. Look at these smoky mountains. It's gorgeous. Are the accommodations are a little gorgeous. lacking. That place not so much, but. But. Yeah. That is the history that was a great job. That was a really great job. Thank you. Um, I, I really, really need you to retell it to me the way you told it to Zane, because I really am listening <laughs> and I'm like, how the fuck could you possibly have made this appropriate for a bedside? I think all I said was, cause I, it's not like I had my <clears throat> research in front of me. I was like, there was this place, Brushy Mountain and it opened in 1886 and then they had a bunch of miners and they were mining for coal, but it was dangerous work. And, you know, like, <laughs> and he was asleep after like four sentences. So it was good. I was like, good, I can stop here. <laughs> Cause I was really sweating what I was going to say next. <laughs> right? There's nowhere to go. There's no up. Like there's no, <laughs> I was just going to have to start making up some care bear shit. Or Fuck man. I was listening to this and I was like, how does she explain this? Like how long did she have to talk about this place before he called oh. out? Oh, like good. five. Yeah. Like five sentences. And I swear his little eyes closed, but you know, I thought he was kind of putting me on. So I kept talking a little bit to see. And then I was like, no, he's really asleep. He is really asleep. <laughs> yeah. Aww. I mean, there are like great stories of other inmates that were there too. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much interesting history and terrible people that were associated with this prison. It's just impossible to go into all of them, but yeah, it is so yeah. interesting. This place. Well, stay tuned for my part, guys. Uh, Laura, I am absolutely giving you a perfect 10 on this. And if Archie doesn't, then we're going to start rating him on his history when he comes back. I say yes. Do yes. Um, that was really excellent. That was really excellent. Oh, thank I'm you. I'm telling thank you, this place, it just was kind of like this quiet gold mine, especially like even it's not as well known as your bigger, you know, Alcatraz. It's not known like Alcatraz. Yeah. Or Mansfield or Reformatory or some of these mm-hmm. other Eastern state, you know, it's right. nothing but man, it should be. It really should be. This place is insane. It, the history, I mean, there's so much more even with uh, the stuff with the mine. I mean, it just goes back so long and there's so much uh-huh. stuff. And, we, you know, I mean, you have the 
Isn't this where the the McCoys and the Hatfields too? This is like that same area of all. Um, that's more West Virginia, Kentucky is area. It? But I mean, it's not like that's a little more like northeasterny. Again, I'm I'm guessing on the geography. Yeah, but it's not too far. It's not too far. That. It's I mean, that same kind of vibe, like very wild westy. Strip of, of yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which was a lot more. If you ask me, because I mean, you know, being born and raised in Arizona, you always hear about the the Wild West, you know, right? You know, Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday and Tombstone mm-hmm. and you know the the mining towns and all of that. You you grow up hearing that because it's taught in schools and and things like that in you know the Southwest United States, right? Of course, but these places are actually, I feel a little bit more rich in history, a little bit more like absolutely, you know, with the coal so they've mines been there longer, black long and. All of like, yes, it's just so much deeper here. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Not to throw shade on, you know, my home state and its history, but well, I guess I mean we do have stuff from the 1800s out here, but this, um, yeah, just nothing so like much this stuff that was happening <laughs> just in this general area too. You mm-hmm. know, like just it's like one thing after another after another. Yeah, so, it's, it's crazy. a very interesting place, Tennessee, man. Who? I gotta tell you, yeah. you, you bring you guys the, get some haunted ass shit. You bring the history and the hauntings, so we need to yeah, throw one back I'm for ready. Tennessee. Uh, pour a stiff drink for this one, guys. Maybe a little moonshine because it is not cool. It is not great, and it actually kind of made me cringe a bit, which is saying something because I kind of am a gore girl. Uh, and this, I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, guys, brushy mountain penitentiary. I got sit down because I got a lot of sources. Um, they are all.com unless I say otherwise, which I'm not going to, uh, tour brushy <laughs> Knox news, YouTube, uh, the brushy mountain state prison, um, official YouTube page. Fan Fest, articles by Rachel Bryant, City View Mag, an article by Mark Anthony, uh, not the Latin singer. Oh, that's um, unfortunate. Yeah, I don't think he gives a tiny rat's ass about this place. Uh, Fright Find, Crossville-Chronicle, Wait.com, and that's W-A-T-E. Probably, mm-hmm. it's probably an acronym or something, and I'm saying it fucked up, but sorry. Also, the show's Ghost Asylum, and as always, Destination Fear, because I'm obsessed and you all just have to deal with my obsession until it's over. <clears throat> and, and until they start going to shitty locations, it probably won't end anytime soon. So there you have that. I did watch this episode as well for Destination was, Fear. On it was this good, one. It was right? really good. Yeah. It was, and it was their very first episode too. So I was really impressed. This, um, this is such a, it's a surprisingly heavy hitter. And maybe they didn't know either. Yeah. Um, when they first did it, but yeah, I mean, I think this place is impressive. Oh, for sure. Me too. Um, so like you said, it is considered to be Tennessee's Alcatraz. Um, while Brushy Mountain may not be surrounded by the San Francisco Bay, it's placement in a natural amphitheater of nearly impossible to traverse crab orchard mountains made all of the escapes that Laura talked about a temporary dalliance. Um, there were many attempts, as she mentioned. Uh, what I thought was super fucking interesting was that homes in and around Petros still have bars on their windows, even though the prison has been closed for almost two decades. I well, didn't know that. Over a That's decade. 
Yeah, that's amazing. I didn't Isn't that know that. Crazy? I mean, I can see why they did because <laughs> right for <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, they still a lot of the homes still have bars on their windows. Can you imagine living in a town that's like, uh, we need to put bars on our windows because people escape from this insane fucking prison all the time? I wouldn't. It's move. like you're in a prison because you live by a prison. But you know, most of the right. people that live in that area are not. Uh, I don't know if it's all of them, but I do know that that prison supported that area a lot with generations upon generations of people right. being prison guards and working at the prison, et cetera. So, I mean, in a way, they probably lived there for that, that existence. Right. Yeah, exactly. So from their website, I did want to start my part out with this, um, quote, evil men who did evil things were imprisoned here with many locked away for the rest of their lives. And while the death penalty was never carried out at Brushy, more than a few died of natural causes or in the mines. Others met their end with the blade of a meat cleaver or a shiv, the final blow delivered by the violent hands of a fellow inmate. These are the souls that haunt this stone-cold fortress, whose spirits refuse to cross over, who remain here because they have unfinished business. Visitors have been touched, shoved, scratched, and even growled at. Nevertheless, they have a cautious fascination. No, they have a cautious fascination with this unexplained world of the undead. Cell doors slamming, furniture being moved, disembodied voices. And I thought, that's creepy as hell. Go on. Right. Yeah. So there was another article that I had read. Um, I really am I'm finding that I really love the articles that paint a picture of a location, especially ones that mm-hmm. we're covering where people have never been to, maybe they're not very familiar with. So that that like Hillview Manor. Was it Hillview Manor? No, it was Old South Pittsburgh Hospital. Yeah, the allegory in it. In yes, she really yeah. just kind of painted it a physical and emotional picture of what it was like to be in that building. Um, and so mm-hmm. I find that I, I I really I really love to include those kinds of um, descriptions in my part. And so here's another one for this place. Um, she has seen the worst hu- the worst human behaviors. She has seen pure hate and sadly pure evil. That kind of evil will forever leave a negative quote impression on an environment. That kind of horror, trauma, negative energy, sadness, hate bad and evil can crawl into every wall, corner, crook, and cranny. We then must throw in the natural environment. Paranormal researchers have found that certain natural properties such as water, limestone, and other stones can energize spirits. Well, Brushy Mountain has all of those in abundance all around it. And you talked about that in your part. You Mm -hmm. talked about, I mean, the sandstone, there's, Mm -hmm. there's creeks that run by, there's all kinds of these geological characteristics that we've discussed a number of times on this show that produce energy, right? Mm -hmm. They, and again, um, one of the first laws, the first law of thermodynamics is energy is not, you know, Obviously, I'm not quoting it verbatim. It can't be displaced. It can't be. Yeah, it doesn't go away. It just turns into different kinds of energy. Um, so the idea is with that, that, you know, it is being absorbed by spirits of 
the dead that haunt a particular location. And Brushy Mountain apparently has all of those geological characteristics and all of those emotional, horrible, traumatic events that damage a soul that would cause it to stay in a location and kind of be trapped there. So it's almost like in a weird way, have you heard about what like causes a serial killer? They say that there's, there's like a gene and there's certain things um, that come into play, like a, a concussion when you're young. Mm -hmm. Um, There's that trifecta. And the emotional. Yeah. yeah, Right. Okay. So it seems like with the buildings though, almost in the same way. Like right. there's a trifecta of things that will create like that's the only way I could like. That's really brilliant, though, Laura. That's really brilliant because you're right. There is a correlation there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems to be the same things are coming up all the time, just like it was with right. when they first started um, studying serial killers, where they were like finding all these commonalities. Um, it right. seems like all the locations have very specific commonalities. Yeah. As far as like what it's made of, that there's water around, that there's, you know, anything that's that conduct that is a conductor of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you that's, place that in a terrible, you, you place that setup just like a serial killer. You place that setup in a certain emotional environment, situation. right? Situation, right, exactly. traumatic, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm and you create the trauma in there, then that's what results in the hauntings. And that's what results in a serial killer. Right. So building haunted buildings are just serial killers. Basically we need to polish that up, but I'm sure it's going to catch on just you watch. I think, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I'm breaking ground here. You really are. I mean, you're God, you're doing so well. My my lack of research that I make up is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) The hodgepodge of random knowledge that I put together in my head from uh, serial killer podcasts and brought to you by Franzia (laughs) and Heineken. (laughs) Exactly. Well, the hodgepodge of bullshit that I put together in my head is you're welcome. And I mean, it makes sense to my welcome to the shit show. (laughs) You're like that is amazing. It makes sense to my wine-soaked brain. It's fine. It makes sense to me too. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, it's like that's why I was like. This seems like a whole thing. We're onto something. We should write it. We should write a parapsychology paper. Um, We're on it for sure. So, you had mentioned, and it is true. If you've looked at pictures of Brushy Mountain, it is built in the shape of a cross. Um, When you drive in, it's actually in the shape of an upside down cross, which we did talk about a little bit. A lot of people believe that it was designed that way purposely to remind inmates that they are not worthy of God's love. See, and I think it depends on who you hear it from. Like if Uh it's like a bad thing, like you guys are damned because you're, you did terrible things or they're trying to redeem them. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, It's also the home of the infamous electric chair, old Sparky which I found really interesting because no death penalties were it. carried out there. Yeah. But that's a famous chair. Like I think in the green mile, it's referenced mm-hmm. in the green mile. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a famous electric chair, <laughs> honestly. So it was never used. Yeah. Never used. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
let's let's yeah let's talk about the murdered prisoners um laura's like how about we don't (laughs) we just gloss right over that Well, I skipped it. You can skip it too. Yeah. <laughs> I just said a couple sentences. We right? got this. It's fine. You can do this. It's all right. <laughs> it happened. We know it happened. Everything is fine. So murders, fights, muggings, and gangs dominate the history of the facility. Laura, t- you talked about a bunch of those, especially with the, the white supremacist gangs and that whole, the whole sawing mm-hmm. and everyone was just like, there's a weird buzzing going on in here. I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Of oh, the cicadas. Must I mean, that was in the 80s. Again. Yeah. Right. Ridiculous. I mean, that's in the eighties. So imagine when it was like in the 18, you know, the mm-hmm. early um, 1900s. I mean, insane, even insane. Yes. So you may never actually know what drives a prisoner to attack another. God willing, you're not supposed to, your goal in life is not to go to prison, but these dank and hopeless confines do give some indication of the mental torture associated with this type of incarceration. Um, and Laura, you touched on it. It wasn't the best. It wasn't the best. Wonderful. Mm -mm. This prison was essentially built on the backs of its own prisoners. Well, what they did is they turned them into slaves. Mm -hmm. Uh, They worked for the state with no pay, backbreaking work with no repercussions for their own safety or control of their own bodies, and they were beaten if they didn't do what they were told. Yeah. I mean. Um, no regard for any potential loss of life. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like, okay, we'll send them into those mm-hmm. methane coal mines. And if they die, well, yeah. eh. it's very much serfdom. You know we I mean? just had 20 cells open up. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Yeah. 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 Nobody cared because they were, they were for the most part sentenced to life anyway. So they didn't care if they Essentially. died now or died in 20 years. It didn't really make much difference then. Right. Exactly. So um, it is a multi-tiered prison. And before they actually enclosed the floors in the upper tiers, prisoners would throw other prisoners over the railing where they would land on the concrete floor below. Um, Then they were like, well, this has got to stop. So they put those like, you know, cross. (laughs) The little gossip things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one woman, a former guard, said there used to be a movie theater in the prison. And the guards would be issued a radio and a flashlight. And that's all. Uh, And they would go into this auditorium where they would be showing these movies with 200 inmates and watch movies. Uh, She did remember that one guy happened to, during a movie, jump up and run past the guards in the dark. Uh, When they followed him and ran out to follow him to find out where the hell he was bailing, uh, he had had his throat slit ear to ear in the dark. And that was kind of a common, that was just sort of common. common. It was almost like they made, they created this situation, this dangerous situation. We're going to be in the dark. We're going to be watching a movie. We're going to, I'm just going to fucking. And nobody's going to fucking There's so much of this here. And Mm -hmm. I, um. And a lot of it, honestly, I feel there's a lot of it that has a racial tint to it. That thousand percent was very slighted, um, yeah. and the guards were very much working on one end, turning um, blind eyes. Yeah, yeah, doing lots of that. So yeah, I really feel that that happened. I was going to tell you, my stepmom uh, worked at a prison in a maximum security prison. Really, as a guard. Mm-hmm. 
Really? And she said, for the most part, everybody's pretty cool. Like, I mean, they kind of, I mean, they know what's going on. They know their schedule. They know what have you. Most of them just want to do their time and get out, even if it's 20 years, you know? So I feel like that. Yeah. Maybe like, I would hope that the lessons everybody was hopefully should have been learning from places like Brushy Mountain, like Eastern Mm. State, like Mansfield Reformatory are being utilized in prisons today. Unfortunately, they're not. I mean, I can talk about prison reform for 20 years. A thousand percent. But I mean, hopefully they're not like laying in cells with rats on them. Okay. So yeah, it's a little cleaner. A little bit better, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they don't yeah, have buckets. I mean, that's kind that's of right. we're working up. Have, yeah, they don't have buckets. Yeah. Um, we have a long way to go with prison reform. I will say a thousand percent as far as like sentencing and like fair. Yeah, I agree. Sentencing guidelines, but conditions, and conditions, and it's better. Yeah, investments, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so another guard said most of the violent attacks happened in the dining room because obviously that's where the knives were. Why? Why are there knives? If you're, I mean, if nobody's getting served fucking filet mignon. Why do they have a knife? Like, just tear it with your teeth. If you don't have teeth, do your best. Um, <laughs> however, uh, because of this, one inmate attacked another inmate named Waterhead with a meat cleaver and a butcher knife. Hmm. Um, and so worked in the kitchen. Uh, you know what? I'm not really sure. Uh, it didn't really say. It just said that he attacked him with a meat cleaver and a butcher knife. Um, in the process of attacking him, he nearly severed his arm. The guard said it had been hanging by a thread. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, regardless, um, he didn't make it. And Waterhead is one of the um, prisoners that haunts it to this day. I'll get back to him in a minute. Mm-hmm. So Charming fellow. A charming fellow. Oh, there's so many charming fellows. I'm getting ready to talk about another one. Um, mm. The museum on the prison grounds displays dozens of implements of mayhem and death. Brass knuckles, shanks of all sizes, and um, they just kind of adorn display cabinets. As a matter of fact, you actually, when you go to tour, and they have a bunch of different tours. They have historical tours, daytime, nighttime. They have paranormal tours. The historical tours during the day, however, when you go, you might actually be standing next to a former prison guard or an inmate as they are tour guides in Brushy Mountain, which I thought was I think I read that. Cool. It's so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. I love that the inmates are working there too. And it's not like it's both. You know what I mean? And you yes. get like a good um, mm-hmm. representation. I had read a story. So cool. Yeah, I had read a story about an inmate who was there and is a tour guide and a former guard who was there who was a tour guide and they were there at the same time and actually had like really bad interactions. The prisoner had said or the former inmate had said that it's different now. They both work together. They're co-workers. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, the same, same place, they're on the same level, and it's he's like life is too short to hold grudges. Yeah. I wish big of them. some of these prisoners could have that kind of sense of forgiveness, I guess. Um, but some guards really didn't deserve it, so I'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So well, I read a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, I don't know. Uh-huh. Doesn't sound good for anybody. Mm-mm. So several guards and former inmates remain on the property as tour guides, leading curiously respectful parties around the prison, beguiled by their tales of death and destruction. Um, I bet while they were serving their time there, wondering if they'd make it out alive, I doubt they ever thought that this would be what they would be doing back at the prison willingly and being paid right? to tell about their horrible time there. Yeah, that's pretty... It's just, um, again, like you said, because it's such a more modern um, closing, it's so cool the stuff that, like, the history yeah. is still fresh. Yes. Enough yes. that you can get mm-hmm. um, some really cool firsthand accounts. And, yeah, like, people working there and stuff, That's it's just really cool. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. I really, um, Chris, um, who is the founder of uh, my paranormal group, Southern Entities Paranormal, this has been on the top of his paranormal investigation bucket list for a long time. And I see why now. After researching this, I'm like, I get it. And it's kind of on the top of mind. Uh, But I just did in Eastern State and that was like at the tippy tippy top. So I have room now on my bucket list. (laughs) It's a never ending bucket list. I have to say, like this one has... Sky skyrocketed to the place, some of the places I, I want to go to. I'm like, telling you, yeah. And I was so surprised. Yes, it it's a, just it, turned out to be it's a, amazing yeah. historical. It's a, like a sleeping it. giant. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, so one of the prisoners I want to talk about a little bit more in depth is Jack Jet. Did you come across anything in your part about this guy? You told me not to look. You said if you read about this guy, don't don't talk about it. I I got it. Okay, really good. Did did you come across him at all? No, no. Um, I think I saw it in a little bit, and I was just like, skip it because Carrie said she's she's got this. So cool. Okay. So this guy was imprisoned. Imprisoned? No. Mm-hmm. Wow. Words are hard. That's what happened. I mean, I'm gonna have another sip of wine. I'm sure they'll get easier. I'm sure they will. I mean, not they for always, listeners, but I mean, for you, <laughs> they'll come right out. I got in prison and he <laughs> was doing really <laughs> bad stuff. Just, just <laughs> such bad stuff. And <laughs> I'm also remind them of past episodes. <laughs> oh no, my God. Okay. So he was imprisoned in Brushy. Do you want to guess why he was there? Um, I'm going to go with murder. Do you want to phone a friend? Rape? Kidnapping? Seems to be the commonality that I've found mostly murder. Yes. But you did mention in your history portion that toward the end in like the 80s and 90s, people were thrown in there for lesser offenses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So when was this guy there? Uh, You know what? Later? Mm -hmm. When do you like steal a pocketbook or something? He was in there Look for at me with my pocketbook, grandma. With my antique vernacular. Wow. I'm throwing back. She I'm throwing was born back. in the 1900s, ladies and gentlemen. I was. <laughs> <laughs> he was thrown into Brushy for bad check writing. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Him and my 17-year-old self. <laughs> <laughs> right. That was a fucking 17-year-old self. I was writing bad checks when I was like 30 at the grocery store. <laughs> Fuck. All right. I'm... <laughs> Go ahead. Tell you sorry. You watch it. I know. No, 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 no. 
Are you Whatever, I was 17. And I thought, like, I would write a $20 check for cash. And then, but I didn't have the money. And I was like, but I'm going to get paid. It'll be fine. Right? I'll just, I'll just pay the fee. Things will cross. It's going to be all right. Yeah. Well, I thought I would have time. <laughs> Turns out time. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't have time. <laughs> I know. I, yeah. my, I had to go ask my mommy for money until yeah. I wrote a check that I didn't have money for. Her. And then yeah. she yelled at me a lot. Yeah. Banks were probably pretty gra- pretty glad when like online banking and shit happened because then people probably like the volume of bad checks being written. Oh yeah. Oh my god. So when Jennifer sidebar guys, so if you want to, you know, go get a drink during this part, go right ahead. Um, when Jennifer and Janice, her mom, lived in Phoenix, Janice worked for the Maricopa County attorney Rick Romley in his bad check writing division. Oh wow. Yeah, busy. Jen and I were kids. We were like 11, 12, 13. Like, and Janice used to take us to the office and we'd just sit there and just be like, you know, doing our homework or playing or pretending we had like real jobs um, and like pretending to talk on the phone and stuff. And, you know, but um, I think about Janice in that job mm-hmm. then whenever I even write a check, especially, especially because there was a, a bit of time where I, I would, I would be writing checks that I knew were bad for groceries. Um, yeah, you're like Robin Peter to pay Paul. I a mean, thousand we, percent. I, I don't know about all the listeners, but I have been poor. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah. stole toilet paper from work, toilet paper from work. Like I don't need a plasma. <laughs> so I yes, eat. it is a thousand. Yes. It's not just check to you know, check, living you, check to check. Yeah. It's robbing Peter to pay Paul. Like I am, this check is going to bounce. And my bank is going to charge me and the grocery store is going to charge me. But you know what? I, you know, I got to do it. But I, I, so I think about Janice and people aren't writing a whole lot of checks anymore these days. No. Um, but I do. I, I think about write one for my rent. I think that's the only reason. Uh, yeah. See, fortunately, I don't, I've never had to do that. Um, plus a lot of. I can of, pay it online, but they charge me and I'm cheap. I'm like, I'm not fucking paying that. I'll write a right. check. suck it i mean i do checks online like with my routing number my bank account number Mm. which i think is kind of still like archaic Mm. but yeah um yeah i think about that and i think about like oh my god like you know what kind of what happens to people that write bad checks i'm about to tell you let's listen to the story of jack jet so jack uh was imprisoned in brushy for bad check writing so he was a little person um, that had actually been kind of quote selling cars with mm-hmm. bad titles, and so then he would sell these cars to people with bad titles. They would write him a check, mm-hmm. and he would cash these checks on these bogus deals. Right. So the the check writer was doing it in good it faith. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then he was providing them with a car that was not, you know, they would go to title it or they'd go to register it or whatever, and it would be stolen or it would be like, it would have, you know, it would have a salvage title, liens or whatever. Yes, exactly. They couldn't get it in their name. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So he was basically scamming these people for their money. Um, so he was like my car when I already own it. Right. Exactly. People were doing this with houses. Do you know? I mean, people used to, mm-hmm. and they still do. People like yep. pretend to subs for rent or whatever. Yeah, same mm-hmm. same scheme. Which is why we have to take these annual compliance courses every year to watch <laughs> exactly. out for that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we joke about it, but seriously, it's for real. We have to take them every year. Um, and honestly, we've been in the industry so long, Laura, you and I, that we could really, we really, really know how to like capture, <laughs> capture any kind of fucking suspicious activity in financial business. Well, and I used to underwrite too. So, I mean, you know, you see, so it's, it's surprising how much you see, you really do see of it though. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's so surprising. Yeah, I mean, and, and yeah. some stuff is like People super are obvious. Yeah, and some stuff is super obvious. It's like, really? How do oh, yeah. get by but for then so long? Ones, then you, when you get the good ones, it's like even worse. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. some people, they're fucking, they are good. Crafty. Yeah, mm-hmm. thousand percent. Um, so he apparently uh, had the misfortune, if you want to call it that, uh, of developing a reputation as somebody who snitched on other inmates for having contraband. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite saying? Snitches get stitches. It is. Yes. Um, so there was one inmate who he was, his name was Harold and his nickname was Gator. So Harold Gator Evans spoke with the Tennessee Wraith Chasers paranormal group. He mm-hmm. said that he could talk for hours about the violence that inmates did to each other um, right. and things that he had witnessed. Um, people hit with cinder blocks on the top of the head for mm-hmm. bad dominoes games and shit like that. Um, yeah. He said that when he was asked about what were the more dangerous areas of the prison, he said without hesitation, by the way, uh, all of it. The laundry, D-block, the commissary, the gym, the kitchen, the chapel. Which, by the way, he said the chapel wasn't always the chapel on this land, on the, in this prison. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually one of the most dangerous places in Brushy. He said, when you entered the door to that building, it was, quote, anything goes from your nose to your toes, which basically means you're on your own. So it was a free place. It was a free place. And there's a couple of other locations that we have on our list to cover. Um, One penitentiary that I actually have on our list to cover as history of a haunting podcast. Mm -hmm. And that Southern entities paranormal has on our list to investigate next year has a place in the basement of the prison called the sugar shack. You fucking figure out what the fuck happened there. I know what you're talking about. Do you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you guys just figure out what the sugar shack in a prison might have contained. Hmm. Mm. So um, what I found really fucking interesting when I was when I was watching this was Gator was talking about the most dangerous areas of the prison and how the chapel wasn't always a chapel. And it was a really dangerous, the one of the most dangerous places to go that, Mm -hmm. like he said, anything goes from your nose to your toes. So while he's telling two investigators of the Tennessee Wraith chasers about this building, they just turned into a chapel, probably in the hopes, like you said, of rehabilitating them, making them penitent, kind of bringing them back to God. Um, Mm -hmm. 
another one of their investigators was going into the chapel at the same time. And so this investigator um, was doing a solo investigation of the chapel and he had his ovulus. And again, we've talked about the ovulus. It's a, it's a device that functions very much kind of like an EVP recorder, sort of in that it's got a, a tens of thousands of word data bank in it with the idea being a spirit can talk to you, but mm-hmm. instead of you capturing on an EVP recorder and finding out hours or days or weeks later when you review it, what they said, the what they said comes through on kind of like a, they a lot of them sound like those old creepy fucking speaking spells from the 80s. They totally do. Yes. Oh, that's such a good, yeah, that's a really <laughs> yes. good yeah that's exactly Water. yeah that's a really good yeah comparison. yeah that's yeah exactly they, sound what they like, sound like exactly yeah so he had his ovulus with him and he asked is this where you'd come for sanctuary immediately he got wrong i can't do a i can't do a computer voice i wonder if i can do that in editing wrong or speak and spell <laughs> creepy voice imagine speak and spell saying wrong on the device when he asked, is this where you'd come for sanctuary? Wrong. Yeah, that's, I mean, he hadn't even walked in the damn door yet. And he gets that and mm. I would have been like, oh, I don't want to do this. But as a paranormal investigator, you have to do the uncomfortable shit. You might be walking into a mountain of trouble, but you got to do it. Um, he then later, as he was going through and kind of doing a baseline reading of EMF levels temperature levels things like that the ovulus also kicked back to him the words beast and hell so i was like sure in a in in a in a building that right outside it says chapel right that doesn't that's not comforting at all um what was interesting was that he had no idea the history of that building on the property nor what gator was telling his counterparts outside so I thought that was absolutely fascinating. Gator said that Jack, uh, Jack Jet, this little person, liked to smoke stogies mm-hmm. and that he would irritate people because he would cut them the mess line, so the line mm-hmm. in the cafeteria, by running between the legs of the inmates in line because he was a little <laughs> person, right? That's awesome. Um, He'd get to the front of the line and be picked up by the collar of his shirt and taken back to the end of the line by a guard. (laughs) He sounds a little bit hilarious. A little bit hilarious. Um, Gator said that he had a large mouth that couldn't back what he talked. So one day a hit was put out on him, especially when he started. That's not a good thing to have in prison. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Especially when he started, you know, developing this reputation as someone who snitched on other inmates for having contraband. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one evening while he was making a call to his mother on the payphone, um, he was stabbed Mm -hmm. 19 times in the back of the neck and bled to death. On the phone with his mother? Yes. Gator actually was a witness to this. He said that the force of the shiv was so strong that when the inmate pulled it out of his neck, blood shot out of Jack Jet's eyes, ears, and mouth because he just must have fucking cut 
straight through carotid arteries. Yeah. Mm. Veins, the whole bit. And he just in and out and the pressure built up. I won't go into the anatomy of what probably happened. You guys get it. Eyes, ears, and mouth. It wasn't great. Everybody's seen CSI. Go on. I mean, we have. Um, So what was interesting at this part was the the other investigators. So there was the one doing the solo in the chapel mm-hmm. and the other investigators were in max security. While they were there, they did some EMF or K2 meter baseline sweeps. They just kind of wanted to see like what those levels were. Mm-hmm. Um, they also did some EVP work. One of them kept feeling coldness around his legs. Uh, they were getting... Uh, hits on the EMF and the K2, the thermometer was dropping, but it was always mm-hmm. very low. Um, they kept seeing shadows behind them. Um, they felt like somebody was sneaking up behind them, actually, is right. what they were saying, um, which I don't love that feeling at all. Like, I, I don't know anybody that does. Yeah, that, right. like, that, that's not a cool shit. No. No, not at all. No. Um, so they can't figure out exactly what the fuck is going on, but they're getting readings that are low to the ground. And to the point where they actually say, no kids died in here. Why is the temperature reading so low to the ground? They don't know anything about this jack jet that existed. Right? Oh, this uh, is so good. Love uh, it. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh my God, keep going. So... Um, it wasn't until after they had all kind of like come back together that they were telling their experiences and Mm. what Gator had said about this Jack jet and the way he died and what have you. And what was really interesting was because he liked to smoke stogies. So after he died, inmates had actually reported the phone receiver on the phone that he was using when he was murdered. Mm -hmm would vibrate for no reason. Um, a few claimed it levitated off the hook and then would like kind of like raise up and then just kind of like hang back up again. For those of you that are my son's age and younger, a payphone is a... <laughs> it's, so, it's a handheld device with some weight to it that you hang on like a hook. It's a big and box. And that actually hangs up. Mm-hmm. The phone. It's got a wire cord to it. We'll post a mm-hmm. picture on our social media so that you. We understand. should actually. We really will because people don't understand the the words hang up anymore. Like you hung up on me, and they're like, don't understand why uh-huh. we say hang up. Also, slamming when you're mad at somebody and you want to hang up on them on an iPhone, there is no satisfaction by just stabbing a button. Slamming a phone down. That was some satisfaction. You don't do that. Plus, I could hear it. Yeah. Ah. Clang. Yeah. The whole mm. house could hear it. Oh, Carrie. Yeah, now I'm just going to break like a thousand dollar device that's like also allows me to talk to the A satellite. thousand. I'm yeah, no. Do a thousand like, I don't fucking hate you that much. Yeah, no. I'm not going to I mean, that. I just want you to get off my party line. Like, fuck. Right? I got to <laughs> go. There's somebody in my color ID. Um, star, somebody star 69 me. Hang on. Um, <laughs> so now that we've gone off on our like old lady tangent about payphones, yep yep they're going mm-hmm. yeah um the small phone area is also said to have tremendous cold spots and general sense of dread when standing there um obviously no doubt from the violent and uh to him unexpected death that he suffered 
Well, it's interesting because he likes to smoke stogies. The smell of cigar smoke also precedes his um, entity showing up. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's cool. Yes. Um, also in the chapel, former inmates have told stories of seeing objects in that area mysteriously floating across the room, as well as cold spots that occurred even on the hottest of summer days. Um, and white mists that seem to just like sh- like form in various places of the chapel. Are they floating high or floating low? They didn't say. Probably mm. low. Like he's carrying them about. Probably, or you no. know, yeah, he is. He is. Or he is the throwing them up. I mean, or something. Okay, so. Let's talk about solitary confinement, I think. Oh, this is going to go super well, pretty yeah. sure. We just took like a nine-hour break, and we were like <laughs> really super animated, and we had a great time. And now I'm like, let's get depressed. <laughs> break out your fucking Prozac, because shit is getting real bad. <sighs> so... The solitary. I just skimmed this and I was already sad. So yeah, go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. have a swig of that beer, sweet pea. Uh, <laughs> the solitary <laughs> confinement block, which apparently animals refuse to go near, and where oinking pigs could be heard during paranormal investigations. Seriously. Hmm. Um, the noises mm-hmm. likely had something to do with Jesus casting demons into swine. Yeah. That's so you want to go investigate this? Fuck. I know. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, I do. Again. Actually, I think this place is. I think this place is so interesting. I'm totally down. A thousand yeah. percent. So let's just plan for you to come with us when we go. We're already booked up for investigations in 2021, but early spring 2022, we're we're hoping to get to Brushy Mountain. So. Um, Uh, Tour guides have said that prisoners were severely beaten and hanged on the property. Uh, One prisoner was even chopped up by guards and flushed down the toilet. Uh, The actual fuck. Yeah. Not all of the guards were upstanding citizens. Surprising, considering Mm -hmm. all the shit that happened there. (laughs) I know, it's weird. I know. They sound like the best bunch of guys. Ever. Um, So uh, according to an article from the Washington Post, which this was the article I was actually asking you about um, in this article. Oh, the one that I quoted earlier. Right, right, right. Um, So um, according to an article from the Washington Post, quote, violence in prisons is more the rule than the exception. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... um, the article detailed a hostage situation at Brushy Mountain during which white prisoners shot and killed two black prisoners in their cells while injuring others. So this is what you had talked about in your part. Mm-hmm. Right. So the author of this article said that they had walked inside one cell and spread their arms into the widest wingspan. Their fingertips on both hands were just an inch away from the walls. So if you do that, like, think about, that's a tiny space. The width it's a really of, small space. It's a really small space. Um, some of the walls were chipping, likely from fingernails. <sighs> no. Um, I have fake nails, so anytime, like, one of them gets, like, pulled or 
like one time Chewy, I was holding his leash and he darted after a cat and like ripped this nail off. So ripped the ring finger nail off? Yeah, it, he he ripped it. So it caught in the leash and he ripped it. And like my actual nail was ripped off the nail bed. Ooh. I didn't get urgent care. It was, it was gnarly and ugly. So anytime somebody talks about fingernails, I'm like, yeah, I have a weird thing with fingernail. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. mm. it's just bad. Um, yeah, yeah. So some walls were chipping, likely from fingernails or prison shanks. Other walls were decorated with elaborate drawings and tally marks, counting the prisoners' days inside. And if you watched, and you did, you watched Destination Fear, and if you watched Ghost Asylum, or you watch any like YouTube video of a group that's gone to this prison, they do, they've actually like fucking carved into the fucking stonework, whatever they were carving when they were there. It's kind of chilling. So guards used to hang prisoners by their thumbs in here. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I did hear that. Yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah. We're talking like... Early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Well, probably yeah. not even just early, but yeah. How do you fucking, you know what? I don't even want to, I was like, how do you do that? Like, mm-hmm. uh, let's You not, don't want to talk about it. Let's not let's go say, into that. Good. Everybody use your imagination. Look it up. Look it up. <laughs> so then this group then walked past the bars that once secured James Earl Ray. Again, the man who killed Martin Luther King Jr., um, the lead tour guide said that one night investigators played the recording of Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech near the cell, which I thought was fucking brilliant. Oh, I think that's great. That's a brilliant that. trigger object. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah. Which led to an EVP recording that they found out afterward of someone saying aggressively, hush. Really? Uh-huh. That's interesting. Yeah, it's super interesting. Um, it, 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 I do need to mention, though, that um, the cell that they market and tour and advertise as James Earl Ray's cell is only one of his cells like you talked about how many like the 900 times he tried to escape but right yeah so he also and he was, was transferred in and out he was transferred in and out to different, mm-hmm. back. he actually liked brushy creek he wanted to be there well and the other thing about that is that while he was there he was transferred to a number of different cells within brushy creek for his own mm-hmm. protection, because there was a a great deal of black prisoners in it. So for his own protection, they moved him from cell to cell. The cell that they promote and, and tout as his cell is one of his cells, yes. But right. it's not like the cell he like spent all his time in when he was, you know, right. going in and out or what have you. And maybe yeah. not even the one he spent the most time in or the most. Right, time in. right, right. Um, (laughs) when, um, the Tennessee Wraith Chasers were there, 
their ovulus, um, again, is that word bank that is sort of like an EVP recorder that spits out words as they're actually saying it rather than you waiting to find out what they're saying days later. Captured in this part of the uh, prison, when asked who is in here, Jack and me popped up. So Jack Jet was also in that part of the prison. Um, when one investigator left after that session, he smelled smoke, which again, Jack oh, Jet. That's kind of cool. Right yes. Um, what is more interesting to me is that when he looked down, the sense of smoke followed him. And so he looked down at his shirt and he had a burning hole in his shirt that was about Ooh, the size like cigarette hole. of a cigarette or a cigar. Oh, and he shows it on really camera good. and it's seriously those, oh that's yes. so good yeah he shows it on camera so it's one of those um like button down almost dicky kind mm-hmm. of shirts and so it's yeah. kind of polyestery mm-hmm. so when he shows you like the the fucking hem of the shirt it's that like burned almost burned plastic on up with yeah, a yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 no, no, yeah i know what you're talking about it was amazing. 100%. Yeah, it was amazing. It's like how pissed I used to get when I used to go to bars back in the day when people were smoking them. And then, like, you would go home and find, like, a cigarette burn in one of your clothes. And it was all sort of, yeah. You. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or it was just an ash from a cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. That's so funny. That's, like, that's really good. Like, that's, that's crazy. Funny. Yeah. Mm. As typical with most prisons, the hole is a dungeon-like cell. That serves as the ultimate type of solitary confinement. Mental illness was often born there as conditions bordered on torturous. And there was a lot of um, interviews with former guards um, and even families of inmates that had been in Brushy Mountain that could attest to the fact that when their loved one or when their um, ward that they were watching over was put in the hole and like either again with the Eastern state just left there, maybe forgotten about whatever they were there for a significant period of time mm-hmm. would go insane. Um, one yeah. woman actually said that there were a number of prisoners who were put in the hole for so long because it was just basically a fucking like hole Ooh, in the ground. The it's the yeah. hole in the ground. Yeah. They would actually go blind. They would be down there for so long they would actually lose their sight. Um, so well, floating, I'm sure they can't be acclimated right back. It's like no, yes, yeah. It's like you know when you go to the eye doctor and they blow the, all that stuff in your eyes and uh-huh. dilate them I and stuff, that, and then you yeah. can't see. I'm yeah. sure it's it's very much like that. Like you can't if you were in constant darkness for over thirty right. days, Pitch like blackness. Your you eyes, your body is see. going to, yes, your mm-hmm. body is you going can't. to, yeah, adjust to that. So I think they did stuff for those boys in Thailand. Remember they got trapped in the cave? Oh, the yes. Cave. The, the yeah. cave. Yes. Mm-hmm. So same thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Floating light orbs have been seen there. And given the fact that there is no natural light, it makes their presence even more concerning, which it does. So again, orbs are, That's... depending on the kind of paranormal investigator you are, the training you've had, you kind of take a, a, an orb with a grain of salt. There's 
so much in the environment that you're in. Even in my own home right now, there's dust particles. There's, you know, they can be mistaken for an orb. And a genuine orb has like a fluidity to it. It's almost like there's a liquid inside. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it, uh, I'm, I'm still on the fence with orbs, but I'm so new to my training that I'm like, eh. And I've never been a believer every time I've seen the orbs or seen pictures of them as like, look, this happened. And it's like proof of something. I'm like, it right. just looks like dust half the time. Right. Um, especially yeah. like when you take pictures of when there's dust and what have you. Um, yeah. But if there's no light shining, that would be really interesting because how are you going to explain the phenomenon? Right. Exactly. That's- well, listen, listen to this. So, um, given the fact that there is no natural light makes the presence of orbs more concerning, the orbs seen down in the hole are not white and yellow in color, which indicates more gentle spirits, which is more of the kind of orbs you see on a paranormal reality show or on a YouTube video, or Mm -hmm. there are legitimate paranormal investigators that share, yes. They're their evidence on TikTok, whatever. Mm. So the orbs seen down in the hole here are not white and yellow in color, which indicates more gentle spirits, but instead are purple and red. Meaning that whatever is in there is aggressive in nature. That's extraordinary. That's really extraordinary as a paranormal investigator to capture light refraction where there's no light in that color spectrum is really extraordinary. Mm -hmm. Because being able to explain it photographically would be interesting. I'm not an expert, but it seems Mm -hmm. much harder than when you have a light shining through something in your you know, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, audio recordings have also picked up the sounds of footsteps and whispers within the solitary area as well. Now there was a gentleman that went on one of the ghost tours and he said, quote, I believe I wasn't a believer, but I am now. My wife got her hair pulled in the bathroom at the end of the hall. And our guide, this blows me the fuck away. I've never, ever heard anything like this. My wife got her hair pulled in the bathroom at the end of the hall. And our guide quit on us because she got so freaked out. She was a paranormal tour guide. She has not been back, (laughs) if that tells you anything. Holy fuck. Uh Uh-huh. That is... Uh, that was all he said i was like what yeah she's like deuces you guys are on your own bye Um, good luck hope you have a nice time yeah Uh, go up the stairs and yeah (laughs) no refunds no refunds but buy a hoodie on your way out right yeah oh thousand percent yeah that blew me i've never ever heard anything like that before so sorry um Jamie Brock, who actually leads the um, Paranormal Tour Guides group, um, Mm -hmm. she's available daily. 
she says that there is no location here that's not active. You may get touched. We've had people scratched. You will hear voices, whistles, moaning, groaning. And from time to time, we get James Earl Ray here or someone that claims to be him anyway. Uh, I think that's a fair sentence. You know what I mean? Like given I agree. he's the most famous entity there. I, I think that's fair. Like there might be mm-hmm. people impersonating him. You know what I mean? Um, right for the attention. A thousand percent. Yeah. So whether one believes in ghosts or spirits or not, the tour is actually a fascinating twist and will leave some questioning their preconceived notions. <clears throat> Laura. <laughs> so John, uh, Brock uh, and her assistant Johnson, Tiffany Johnson, have each had their own experiences in the prison and have documented other visitors' stories as well. Um, we've both been told to get out. We have both heard footsteps and laughter. Stuff goes on all the time and not only at night. I was a skeptic. I did not believe in ghosts of any kind or any of that until I came up here and witnessed things for myself. We have a lot of people walk out of here on daytime tours too. There's all kinds of different things that happen. A lot of non-believers have left here believers. If you don't believe, come to Brushy. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to take I'm you. Ready. I'm really hoping College Hill makes you a believer. But if it doesn't, bitch, I'm taking you to Brushy. Brushy, we're doing, like, I'm really about going here. After I read the history and I only, sk- like, just barely saw anything of the hauntings. And, I, I mean, there's so much stuff I didn't, like, I didn't even get into because <laughs> it would have been, like, I would have been going on for hours. Hours, yeah. There, you know, I mean, I, there's so much stuff that happened here, and so much like heartbreak and trauma and stories, and it just goes on and on and on and on. And um, I would be interested to see this place for, just for the history, but also, I mean, the hauntings are, yeah. Into I, I can only imagine. I really. So I am excited for College Hill. I, I, you know me, like I'm excited to have something like make me a believer. Like, bring it. I'm gonna. It, I'm probably gonna be the one that's gonna be like, bring it. Fuck you. You know. I think More antagonistic. Be, yeah, I, I actually think you're gonna be our best trigger object in College Hill. Okay, Miss Skeptic. So growls are common. I've mentioned that before, but I feel like it's worth mentioning. I'm probably gonna say it about four more times because mm. I don't I, it's gross. It's gross and it's very, very common here. Growls are common as common as EVPs here. Apparently, like you can't throw mm. a fucking rock anywhere without getting an EVP in this place. Um, shadow figures are everywhere, the feeling of being watched. Don't love that in Mm -hmm. a paranormal situation or in life. Um, (laughs) Mists are visible with the unaided eye. That's very frequent, which is really without like a camera or anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But they will also be backed up by like, if you're filming something and you're like, oh, I think I saw like, there was just this white thing that just mist that moved over. 
the camera captures it as well. So there's just that like backup of evidence, like backing up what mm-hmm. you saw, which I think is amazing. Um, extreme temperature drops in various areas of this prison, which I also find mm-hmm. unique and fascinating from a hundred degrees down to five degrees on command are common. Shown up. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. That's I think that's, yeah, crazy. I'm like, I need to test that shit out. Yeah, I think that's like. Right, there's so many experiments. There's but, so many, like, I, I need to try to recreate that. It's amazing. There's like, I mean, I'm not surprised that the, the history is so varied yeah. and so intense that the hauntings would be just the same. You know what I mean? Right. So varied in intention and yeah how they operate like just as the history is but let's think about the history though too like coal mines you said methane mm-hmm. gas like the steam like a yeah. hundred degrees they were running coker on command yeah i didn't yeah. really talk about this but the prisoners were running coker ovens which basically like cooks coal down into like a, a better more pristine fuel mm-hmm. um but they're they to cook steel. That's what that does. And yeah. uh, I mean, if that tells you how hot that shit is, that's how yeah. hot it is. Like, so the prisoners were dealing with that, you know? So I yeah. can imagine they would prefer to be five degrees. Right, exactly. And so it's it's on command, though. That's what gets me. I'm like, that's, that's the thing, man. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, um uh, Jamie Brock, who is the main, who is the manager kind of of the paranormal mm-hmm. groups said that just last week, and again, this article is a couple of years ago, but quote, just last week, I followed one entity through the breezeway into the office area, followed him in thinking I was following one of the people on a tour. I was kind of doing my own thing. So when I looked up, he wasn't there. No one was there. So they have apparitions who are sort of translucent their mm-hmm. shadows their mists and their corporeal looking like you and me wow. what i've got to check this place out i mean i get now why it's on the top of chris's bucket list yeah this place is intense it's like, intense i mean yeah. i'm telling you i, I caught a lot of the history i mean i could have gone on for ages there's so much ages stuff that happened yeah that so much stuff i'm not surprised that there's so much activity this the, it, it just fits it yeah. all makes sense right like there's just so much stuff so much stuff so um white tiffany white said that um <laughs> She has come to Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary on several several different occasions and heard voices. One night on a tour with Jamie Brock, they were talking and they happened to hear a third male voice talking while they were talking. And the whole group was like, who's that? Nobody. So it wasn't just on the EVP. It was like, it was, yes, it was like a, a man was talking talking like over them or something. over them yeah never heard that yeah <laughs> no, that's all awesome. right okay great mansplaining is happening at brushy right yeah. so 
they had gone on a little bit further and they were doing some EVP work in a room. Um, this tour guide, Tiffany White, put out a cigarette, lit a cigarette and put out the cigarette and asked the spirit, 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 why can't I say the spirit? spirit. <laughs> I hate when the spirits get me. <laughs> I hate when the wine gets me. <laughs> the spirits are coming for you. Yeah. So the tour guide put out a cigarette and asked the spirits to touch the light of the cherry of the cigarette. Uh-huh. And if they did, she would give them a cigarette. She explained that the cigarette is a trigger object in this prison, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. She says Early objects, seat. yeah, objects that the prisoners could relate to in life typically spike activity, which is a very common um, tool that paranormal investigators use to try to like. like if you didn't like something in, if you didn't like something in real life, why are you going to give a shit when you're dead? Right. I mean, really, yeah. Touch this, touch this cockroach. No, go fuck yourself is what my ghost would say. Yeah. My ghost um, would be right. Good goodbye. Um, my ghost would be in the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Crying. <laughs> and stripping up all Maybe their softly to myself. Yeah. yeah. Um uh the lead investigator said that quote, the reason that we ask for a cigarette um, is that one of the inmates, this is a horrible story and I'm just giggling because I'm nervous and it's terrible. So it's not like, this guy's an idiot. I'm just nervous. Um, The reason that we ask for a cigarette is that one of the inmates um, that had his throat slit, uh, (laughs) that was his last request as he was dying. He asked for a cigarette before he passed on. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So them saying, hey, well, if you put this, if you, you know, put a cigarette ash out, we'll give you a, like, that's sort of a triggering mm. object. I, ah. uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, that's a. That's right. I just turned to my grandmother over here. I'm like, oh my goodness, like clutching my pearls. <laughs> <Like, that's laughs> I know. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, so another man who was on a tour said that he got <clears throat> he got goosebumps when he saw a shadow run through the light of his flashlight. Uh, he says, quote, out of the corner of my eye, I saw something move and it was just like someone walked by, but there wasn't anybody there. We were all in one spot and there wasn't anything in between the light that was showing and the shadow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the spirit apparently ran right behind me, which I did not care for. Uh, the tour guide explained to me that she typically gets the most activity out of the auditorium on her tours, which was the room we were in. Mm. So the auditorium was the same place where the female guard said they used to hold like movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The guy throat yeah. slit ear to ear. Um, 
the tour guide said that, quote, it's also the same level that the guards were taken hostage and the black inmates were shot and killed there. Oh, fuck. Really? Uh-huh. From the 80s riot? Or uh-huh. You want to yeah. call it? Oh, yep. fuck. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She continued, quote, there have been a lot of hangings there. The hospital is in is in that area. There was a tuberculosis outbreak. There was a lot of syphilis, dysentery. So that whole area would have been filled with that kind of stuff. Oh. Uh-huh. Gross. It's not good times. Yeah. No, it's not good times. And also worse, whistling is common in that area. Just about that's so like that's probably the creepiest, the creepiest thing yes. in the weirdest way that that could be I the know. one thing that comes it's out of it. Terrible. So I watched a number of videos of paranormal it's so teams nonchalant investi- and up. Yeah, yeah, that have investigated Brushy Mountain, and they, mm-hmm. at least one piece of evidence they have captured random fucking whistling. I don't love it. Oh. I might have been okay with it until they introduced Negan in The Walking Dead and the whole group was always like But I bet it was super common. I mean, look at the times, mm-hmm. look at the location. I mean, there was a lot of There's probably a lot of like incognito warning each other and like whistling was the best of course. way to well, do that it. Well, yeah. that happens in prisons the whole time. And all the time, yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, yeah. on the street crime. Too, but also like not even that, just like um culturally, like that is a big part of like bluegrass yeah. and stuff like I yeah. mean, it's gonna fit right into the culture. Something so, as so, so innocent, well. yeah, as whistling. Yeah, as whistling is not gonna be seen even in the bad too, like you know. Right. There could be a group of people and like who who could you fucking pick up that was whistling? Right. No, don't love it. So now they're gonna carry a tune and stuff like uh uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Creeps. So what's what another I, there's so many things I find interesting about this fucking prison. But one of them is that even though it was an all-male prison, there's mm-hmm. a female spirit there that's actually really? very yes, very active. She goes by the name of Bonnie. And she will interact with most of the individuals and ghost hunters who are brave enough to come inside the walls. She likes music. So Brushy Mountain has concerts in the mm-hmm. yard. Yes, they yes. do. And she, her, that's most often when her spirit is seen or heard or felt. Mm-hmm. Um Paranormal investigators are aware that ghosts do not have to be attached to a building to haunt a location. They can be attached to the land as well. And that is what is the general belief as to why Bonnie is there. I love it. I know. It was just this like random interjection of a spirit. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Well, it could be transsexual she could have been a house there uh-huh. and she wasn't free to be herself until and she died is, and yeah. she is happy out there dancing to the music that is happening now like it could actually be like a cool thing it really could yeah um i really worry about that ghost though like a female ghost in 
in a prison that seems to be laden with violence. The worst of the worst. Yeah, this is souls. The worst yeah, of the worst. Uh, yuck, yuck, it wasn't yuck, like. Um, I think this one is worse than Alcatraz. Um, it's pretty intense, dude. It is pretty yeah. intense. It, there was nobody that I heard about in this prison that wasn't in there for a heinous, heinous crime. Except for like, Jack there was Jet. no Okay. I mean, but we're talking, you know, before. Like, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Pre the 80s when they switched over. I mean, it was like kidnapping, murder, rape. Right. You know what I mean? It yeah. was, it, these are the, the the worst of the worst kind of prisoners, like Supermax, I guess now, but we don't really. But they were then committing all these crimes still in the prison system as right. well. Yeah. So it just didn't end. It was just. It, oh, and this place was a free for fucking all. A free for so, fucking all, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So while we're talking about that, let's go to C Block. Ooh, no, I don't I'm want sure to. I, I, yeah, I'm like, I'm sure it'd be, I'm, I'm sure yeah. it's better over there. So as no, I had mentioned, <laughs> C for Carrie, cute, wonderful. No, not. Um, so as a I mentioned, <laughs> uh, as I mentioned in my previous part, and as Laura has mentioned, there was a hostage situation that ended with a slaying of two black inmates by what everyone in the prison called the quote magnificent seven. Mm-hmm. So in the C block area of that three or four cells in that area, there's an interesting spirit that remains by the name of James. Now you mentioned a James in your part. Mm-hmm. So James has a love of cigarettes and that love did not die when he did. It is said that if you place a lit cigarette anywhere in the cell, that James will enjoy that smoke just as he did when he was alive. The ghost teams, teams, the ghost teams, I don't know, I think that's weird, can watch as James takes big draws off the cigarette that would otherwise go out due to safety procedures. But for whatever reason, this cigarette stays lit. Well, one, okay. Interesting. But also, unless it's like an American spirit, all of those cancer-ass cigarettes, and not that like American spirits don't cause cancer, but like they have um, like flint in them to keep them lit. Like you can light a... A marble light on the ground and let it go, and it will. It's very rare that it will go out. Like though, it'll keep going. Yeah. But if it grows, you know, like yeah, if somebody's taking a drink, like it'll it'll glow like much. So there's ways that you can manipulate a cigarette to stay lit, yeah, or burning or whatever. Yeah, yeah. All right, good. Good. But if you see it like a like somebody's you know taking a puff on it, it will get. Just like you're blowing oxygen to a fire, okay. right? So I the, mean, the fire will get bigger. Either so, you're a smoker. I would or have not, to see it. it. Yeah, I would like to see it too. I gotta really see cool. it. Yeah, I gotta see it to believe it. Yeah, I feel on this one. Like, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um. So, last but not least, we have the spirit of Leroy from D Block. 
I feel like I'm introducing some sort of like Miss Universe of fucking criminal. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Um, this is our latest ghost. Uh, yes. And our latest apparel. From D-Black. Exactly. Okay. So last but not least, we have the spirit of Leroy of from D-Block. Uh, the tour guides have assured their group that just like in life, prisoners tend to stick to their own area in death. They rarely move around the prison. However, Leroy is another story. Leroy in life was somewhat of a bully. So in death, not much has actually fucking changed. Shocker. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He will actually often follow the weakest member of a ghost team around the prison, trying to show them he is there. Nice. Yeah. Dick move, but I kind of get it. All right. Um, <laughs> I think so, it's picking off the weakest antelope. Yes, exactly. Weakest. We're only as strong as our weakest link. Mm-hmm. So... I had mentioned it a little bit earlier, but the auditorium is the most haunted place. Um, here they say there is a creeper uh, where, mm. yeah, I don't, I don't. As soon as you say the word, I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> like, they're yeah. always on the ceiling. Bad things are happening. Yeah. As soon as you say creeper, I'm like, fuck this shit. Not great. Um, so this no. creeper in photographs and in eyewitness testimony the head and the shoulders are discernible, but when he moves, it's like he slithers or crawls on his belly on the floor, walls, and ceiling. Oh, it's not your local lunch lady. Fuck that shit. Mm-mm. Why do you have to do that? Again, I'm here for like, you. Don't. Just fucking stand up and fucking walk. Yeah. It's so gross. Like, it's always the same with the description, too. It's like, yeah, it's disgusting. Oh. So my new favorite show, Destination Fear, and you watched this episode, Laura. They heard a knocking sound come from the other side of the locked auditorium door right about Mm -hmm. the time where they wondered how they could get into the auditorium. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't love that. It was terrible. Um, Again, physical illness has happened to people doing paranormal tours or investigations. So keep that in mind if you want to go. Nausea, feelings of, and feelings of immediate rage. Don't love that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. My temper is terrible. Don't fucking stoke that flame. All right. It's not going to be good for anybody. <laughs> um, Don't poke the bear. Yeah. One woman was, and I, I wasn't sure if she was like a tour guide or on a tour or just, I'm not sure what her deal was, but mm-hmm. she was scratched so hard by an entity that blood was actually drawn. To this day, she refuses to ever go into D-Block again. This is, again, where Death Row was housed. I did read that. When I was doing the history, I read that a lot. Um, Accounts of scratches, accounts Mm -hmm. of physical Physical harm, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. No. So um, I do want to just kind of recap Destination Fears episode. If you've watched it, great. If you haven't, I'm not really spoiling anything. Um, you really need to watch the episode to appreciate it. But um, they happen to stop at this like roadside coffee mercantile shop and run into a former guard, which I thought was really interesting. He That's told cool. them, 
quote, thinking about what I experienced at brushing, I would suggest very, very seriously that you watch your back while you're there because I don't know what would happen. And so then like all of them were kind of like, Thank you. That's okay. not creepy at all. Thank you so much for the best part about this episode is the first one of the first like the it's season one episode one. So they yeah. go walking into this like mm-hmm. I saw the part with it with yeah. the yeah yeah with the guy that they ran into. Uh huh. I hope yeah. you're gonna get into, but I hope you're gonna get to next. So I'm waiting. Yeah, yeah, for Ooh. sure. So um. While they were there, they heard feet shuffling, cell doors shutting. It was kind of funny, too, because like one of the very first things that happened that knocked Dakota, who's the, the host of the show, Dakota's sister Chelsea to the ground was there was a fucking pigeon that like like dive bombed all of them. And they like she freaked out. Um, what really, really totally not going to be us. We're going to be so strong, so, so strong. strong when the pigeons come. So strong. Yeah. We can stand I mean, up to those pigeons, I believe it. A thousand percent. And the bats as well. Yes. I actually like bats, so I'm okay with that. It's the cockroaches and maybe a spider web that I might have to jam out right. on. <laughs> see, I'm gonna try it myself. Okay, all right, good. Um Arizona cockroaches fly. I'm hoping the ones uh, back here do, do not. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. They're fucked up. Yeah, they're super fucked up. So, <laughs> it's next level. It's it's, so it's awful. It's awful. It's terrible. So again, I don't want to spoil the episode for people that haven't watched it yet, but they did hear feet shuffling when they were in James Earl Ray's cell. Uh, cell doors shutting. The ovulus captured, and I think this is gross. Mommy, kiss. Uh, in reference to Chelsea outside James Earl Ray's cell. But at the same time, what I found interesting was it was mommy and kiss. Granted, she was the only female in the group. She's always mm. the only female in the group. But they didn't know about Jack Jet. And if they did know about him, they didn't reference it in the episode. And he was calling his they mother didn't. when he was murdered. And he was housed there, too. Uh-huh. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. So it I didn't like, even think about that, but yeah, they yeah. they had some good obvious stuff on that they one. Did. They did, and we definitely it was really good. And I, you didn't, you're not, you're not ruining it. It's it's, it's good. good yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they also captured uh, "Good Night" in reference to Chelsea when she was um, bedding down for the night. So the whole premise of Destination Fear is they go in, they investigate a location. They determine what they feel is the scariest locations, and then they go to sleep alone in those areas. Um, and Chelsea got uh, her area, and they heard "Good Night," um, which she. I think for like us was... as females, it would be like a really interesting place to go because yes, and she looked like she was gonna fucking burst into tears. She was fucked that she off. She was like, "I'm done. had to stay there." Yeah, she yeah. had to stay there. And even yeah. Dakota was like, I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you. Like, this is the premise of the show. Like, you cannot get up and fucking leave. This is what we're doing. This is what we're yeah. doing. Yeah. Um, this is so the first one. Did, like, you're like, gonna have to yeah. Out. She really looked really upset. 
Um, yeah, I don't blame her. That was yeah. some, it was fucked up shit. Yeah. No. So no. Um, and even as an unbeliever, I was like, mm, I don't think I want to sit there either. Yeah, like, I, exactly, like, all right. I don't want to. Maybe I like, don't want to believe that much. I don't want to know. Like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so hearing feet shuffling, cell door shutting, and then what the ovulus captured for her, um, not great. They saw shadows. It was it was insane. So, uh, guys, that's what I have on Brushy Mountain Penitentiary. I do want to say in closing, and I got this from the prison's YouTube channel, and I thought it was just so apropos, um, given Laura's insanely wonderful in-depth history and you know, my telling of how terrible life was there. Um, so in my in closing is a direct quote from their YouTube channel. And it reads as follows, quote, this prison ate the sins of America so America could go on living. Out here in this beautiful, fearsome countryside was the anchor of this beautiful and fearsome country. So yeah. You can come and visit Brushy Mountain. You can pay for your tour. You can pay for your souvenirs. But above all, you need to pay your respects. Because, brother, we earned it. Oh, my God. I love that so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was like, that's fucking powerful. It was one of the first things I read and heard about it. And I'm like, that's my enclosing. I didn't actually even hear that. I love it. It's so good. It was amazing. It really encapsulates um, like where it came from, mm-hmm. how it started. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Props on because, that. Yeah. Absolutely. You need to pay your respects because they earned it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree a thousand percent. I agree. This place is ghosts or not. This, the people died to be. My God. It was built on the back of the inmates. Yes. Exactly. Just yeah. like we built America on the backs of the slaves, mm-hmm. and then we turned around, and did it on the backs of the inmates, and yeah. we still continue to do a lot of that to this day. To this so, day, yeah. So that's my in closing for Brushy Mountain Penitentiary. Always, guys, as always, uh, my no before you go. It is located at nine one eight two Highway one sixteen in Petros, Tennessee, three seven four eight five. For information about their tours, souvenirs, anything you might want to know, call them at area code 423-324-8687. What I loved about this, and you kind of touched on it a little bit on your part, was that they have moonshine that you can buy at the Brushy Mountain Distillery. It's distilled on site. Yeah, so there's like, (laughs) actually... um, there was an I kind of just glossed over this because I it was kind of silly when it when the, when the COVID stuff was being enforced. There was a country singer that went and did a did a concert there that he clearly shouldn't have. Um, right, right, and like gotten you know his hand slapped about it, and uh, I just think it's funny because it's still like. Mm-hmm. got this renegade kind of feeling to it where yeah. you know like yeah we're doing moonshine we're doing you know country music we're gonna just, you know what i mean it's like that yeah. whole spirit is still like happening over there like we're gonna do what we want fuck you you know uh, yeah it's amazing i i think it's yeah, yeah. and they've, they've done and I'm, really... I'm not advocating that wear a mask but I was no just yeah 
just a you general idea just of the feeling. Wear of, the mask. Yeah, I have the sure. vaccination. Love it. Uh, but yeah, and just a general idea of how it kind of gives you the feeling of the culture of the area yeah yeah, yeah like they're the you know state, like yeah. renegade kind of you yeah. know like we're gonna you know do our own thing and we're we're proud to do our own thing and just yeah. doing their own thing and, I, and you still gotta respect that so. yeah i agree i agree so um they do have the brushy mountain distillery there again all of the moonshine is uh distilled on site um they also have a restaurant called the warden's table and apparently the food is amazing everybody should go there so go to your tour have a shot of moonshine go in and have a great meal at the warden's table um and then you can also enjoy some concerts during the summer now they have a bunch of different tours i wasn't going to go into a super ton of detail but their daytime historical tours range from $16 to $26. That is a $16 for a public tour, $26 for a private tour. Um, paranormal tours, those range from $480 to $1,500. Um, wow, all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Same a little bit, yeah. You can book the entire prison as a private investigation for $1,500. There's a minimum of 12 people in your group uh, i'm not going to go too much into the details of it if you're interested certainly go check it out if you do have 12 people in your group 1500 is actually pretty doable a lot of the more famous locations charge more than that um, and they don't give you as much access or as much time so i mean it's kind of you know they they've really looked into into um their tours and pricing uh fees and stuff like that i have but, to say surprisingly like because this place came out when i first saw this price i was like eh, like that's a lot yeah. but i mean this place is like just a surprisingly heavy hitter like i would i absolutely uh, yes, love to I go agree. there like yeah. I, I i can't imagine you walking away unhappy with a private it I seems like that kind of place the level of violence alone, uh, the level of um, criminal alone, um, the history, the trauma, the all yeah, of it, the I mean, location, the it land. has it has all the things. Mm-hmm. It has, the, it has the, things. the three things. Yeah, it's got it's, all the killer, serial killer things. It's got it's the trifecta. It is. It is crazy. It so, really does. Guys, let us know. Have you been here? Um, have you? If you have been here, have you experienced anything? Do you want to come here? What are your thoughts on the pricing? What are your thoughts on the punishments that prisoners got? And what are your thoughts on Laura's bedtime story technique? <laughs> so my bedtime stories are above reproach. I mean, they work. So uh, they work. I, I mean, it just must so, be the, the soothing sounds of your it's voice. It's the ASMR. A thousand you gotta, percent. You got to so, get into the ASMR. Oh, my God. <laughs> To that end, we want to say thank you. We love you. Um, Laura and I will be recording in person next episode. Uh, and That's right. Yeah, we will have beware. Mm-hmm. beware. 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 Oh, good luck. Uh, <laughs> we will have an, yeah, we will have an update on Archie and his return to History of Haunting. And until that time comes, everybody, as always, be safe out there because you never know who. Or what is, is listening? listening.
Exactly. Thanks so much, guys. We love you. We will see you next week.